What's up, guys? Rachel Lindsay here, and I am teaming up with your favorite Ringer podcasters to deliver the Bravo drama and news that you've been craving on Morally Corrupt. It's the show about all things Bravo, from the housewives to summer house and everything in between. We'll be mentioning it all every week. Check it out on Spotify and TheRinger.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, guys, welcome in. It is Wednesday, not Thursday. It is 4.30 in the afternoon instead of 12 o'clock in the afternoon. Um, I, quite frankly, have mentally checked out. Up is down, out. black is white. Yep. What's happening? I'm leaving for vacation tomorrow morning. <laughs> Should have bailed out on the show today, quite frankly, but better better decisions were not made. So we are here. It's going to be a shorter show today. I apologize. Um, we've got Chris McGill from Card Ladder coming on to kind of give us a market breakdown. I've decided to allot zero time for banter. I just want you to say one sports fact, then I'll say a sports fact, then and you say, and then sports. I, and that's it. And then we just, then that's we the end whole the show. show. The that's the whole end. show. Well, then rundown should be super easy. Guys, we're going to talk about uh, basketball playoffs for a second. We're going to talk about football, a little bit of some, the report from last week. Hope you have something to say about basketball. <laughs> we're just going to talk about the fact that there's a game going. Um, we're going to talk about the release week, and then we're going to do our mailbag, and Chris will join us somewhere in the midst of all of that. So buckle up, baby, because this is where we begin with Big Picture. Mike, um, I'm noticing on the sheet, Big Picture says... It yeah, that's, I'm not sure what you're blank. looking at. So says let nothing. me just recap a couple of these things quick. Release week, there's nothing being released, so I'm not sure what he got out of that. Uh, you NBA, didn't want to talk about the releases of this? We've got there. There's uh, Break Break King, Non-Sport Premium, Pokemon Divergent. None of those appealed to you at all? Basketball, though, is... <laughs> <laughs> Wait, um, what about Pro Set Power Basketball? We never talk about Pro Set. Yeah, there's you, a reason. Nobody <laughs> cares anymore about Pro Set? I don't think anybody ever cared about Pro Set. I anything. mean, it goes for $125 a box. Does it go, or are people just asking that? There's nothing worth talking about for at least week, which is okay. Not the end okay. of the world. Um, here's my only final... Again, we're not doing the finals thing every single week because I just get sick of it every two days. It's like, the only thing, the only intriguing story to me this week, somebody said it, and I immediately scoffed, as did most people, and then I actually started thinking, you know what? This isn't the craziest idea of all time. It's a long shot. But if Golden State closes out the Celtics, I believe that game is tomorrow. Man, I'm, I'm out of it. I it's believe Thursday. That's, yep. Yeah, tomorrow night. 
So big if, are they even going to win in Boston to close it out? I don't know. If Andrew Wiggins scores 30 points or 25 points again and is the best player on the court, there's a shot this guy's going to win the MVP of the series. I know everybody is enamored with Curry. I look back to the 2015 year when Iguodala was a force defensively. Wiggins has been at least as good defensively, switching between Jalen and Tatum. Offensively, he has taken the reins some games. Now, again, I'm not saying Curry has been bad because Curry had the 40-point game. He's played really well. Two of his biggest games came in losses, and he did nothing the other night. I'm just saying, if this notion has been like smirked off immediately, no chance Curry's winning. I don't think that's as set in stone as people think. If we see a repeat in game six of anything near what we saw in game five, where Wiggins is the best player on the floor, he was the best player for either team on both sides of the court. If that happens again in game six and they win and Curry has a subpar offensive game, I think Wiggins is winning the NBA Finals, which would be wild. Dude, no, I'm, I don't know anything about sports, and I know that's a bad take. Yeah, because you're, you're looking at what, the points Curry scores? Yes. And that's it, yeah. Look at the points he scored in 2015 off the charts compared to Iguodala. Yeah, I'm, okay. I'm telling you right now, this is not. A, what's Curry averaging this series? Like 28? Yeah, I don't know what he's averaging. Yeah, you don't know. I have no That's idea. Fine. What were you looking at when you said that then? I was looking at the the points uh, over the last few games. I mean, he, he yeah, he's done well, but it's, it's I just would think if anybody's getting it because of everybody's everyone is talking about how well Curry's playing and how this is like the defiant, like everyone says, Oh, how great Curry is. And this is finally him showing off just how serious those comments are. Like I keep seeing that everywhere. I just, it'd be hard. I'd be hard pressed to be convinced that Wiggins and not Curry wins. Please remind me to ask Chris this. I want Chris's take on this as well. Okay. I don't think you're wrong, and the Vegas odds certainly don't disagree. And I'm not, I think Curry is the favorite. I just don't think it's like this 0% he already has it locked. I don't think that's the case. That's it. Wiggins, actually, as far as card value goes, if you're looking at his 2014 Prism, PSA mm-hmm. 10, he has not done too bad over the last few weeks. So like a month ago, mid-May, he's this was doing $25. Any thoughts on what it does today? 90. 82. Close. Oh, yeah. Right. Not a bad investment was Wiggins. Let me tell you right now, I would sell everything Wiggins today. I, I'm not investing in him long-term, especially going into the offseason where, to be honest, like the market, and Chris will speak to this more with actual statistical data, but the market has slowed way, way down. Um, by the way, to that point, you know, I'm, I'm going crazy with the 1990 SGC 10 set. Dude, I watched a ton of stuff close last night at auction. Uh, granted, I had almost all of them, so I didn't even bid. But like the Moon Knight, we sold ours for like 175 bucks, I think. It was like 105 last night. Some of the Spider-Man sold just over 100. Like it's not just a sports card market. I, I actually do think the economy overall is having a, a fairly big impact at this point on the on the sports card market. Um, actually, that makes me really happy to hear that because honestly, because you love that I'm losing money. No, 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 no. Hey, you know what? No, no. I'm. Because, I apologize. I, I don't joke on the show anymore. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> That's a and I would joke. never say you a mean thing. I would never um, be well, sarcastic. That I'm okay with. But materialistic. None of the, the above. The other, the comment about the market affecting the card market, like the yep. overall economics of the world, I do think that's a good thing because historically speaking, the stock market has ever always gone up. What you've seen in crypto is a very close synchronization with the stock market. As the market has gone down, so has the crypto market. I'm Although just saying. much harder, by the way. 
Well, I did yes. look at the drops. I mean, the percentage in the crypto market is way steeper than the, the S&P, for example. Oh, for sure. Yeah, you're down like 40-something percent or more in a lot of those um, over the more. last month. Um, <laughs> but, but what that does mean is that it will also rebound. And then that could be a good buying opportunity now because it depends on where the bottom is in this market. I don't think we're necessarily there yet, but I think we could be getting close. Um, that being said... If we go back up in the market, which we historically always have, the market has never not gone up over time, then that means that if the cards are in line with that, they would go up in value too. You're going to call on me? I declined to speak first. I have my hand raised. I can't. Oh, I can't see half of your hand. Oh, go ahead. What would make you happier? <laughs> you find out that a relative you've never met, distant relative of you or your wife, has died and somehow left you a nice sum of money. That one. Or. <laughs> I get absolutely hammered on my portfolio and my card values. What brings you more joy inside? Do I get like a dollar plus what you're doing? Whatever you said. The second thing. I I want that one. The glee you exhibit. (laughs) Just so long as I have one dollar more, then I would be okay. So you know what makes me happy? Because I also want to talk about Prism. If you would, please get the uh, indie, I believe, sent over some pictures in Facebook Messenger of Silver Autos and the values of those as of right now. So no more orange ball. We are now jumping over to uh, Yeah, I don't care about basketball ball. anymore. Oh, but we didn't even talk about the one thing I did want to mention just before we jump. Jason what? Tatum. What? Did you happen to see? I don't understand why his, like, I'm just looking at the silver PSA 10 he's values. Played, he's played like crap. What is that down to? 1200 900 oh. $920. That's, I'll be honest with you. That is, go, well, as a matter of fact, I put that up. What is the name of the guys who made the card? And that, to be clear, that's a 2017 Prism Silver PSA 10. Who made the card displays, the really nice wooden ones? Um, oh, Duxbury? Dude, I actually put that. You'll notice that Tatum Silver is on one of those. Oh, okay, cool. Meaning I am not looking at the value again. I'll wait till <laughs> next year. Like, it's up to with cards. I just have no real intent to sell. Uh, those Fair. are all over our office, by the way. Duxbury oh, made. Really those enjoy things the are phenomenal. Look. Jesse, I hate to compliment him, did a phenomenal job setting up the studio. We were in there filming the commercial today for Card Shop Live. But the studio, I'm gone next week, but when I get back, actually two weeks from tomorrow will be our first live show in the studio. We will do some live footage, like video content for our socials because it looks actually came out really, really nice. Um, yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. With, I'm, yeah, I'm done with Tatum. I have no, I'm just going to just hold them and see what happens next year. All right. Um, brown ball talk. I did want to talk though about Prism. Prism has, has dropped pretty hard. Get the pricing, if you would please, on 2021 Prism hobby boxes. Um, we talked about Jesse's box from Nash Cards the other day though. So he hit three nice cards. He had a Jalen Waddle Silver Auto. He had a Camo Joe Burrow, numbered one of 25, which will add a little value. By the way, that question comes up a lot. Mine is serial number one of 10 or one of 25. A lot of guys don't care. I wouldn't pay more for that, but a lot of guys do. And if you notice the comps, it's indisputable. Guys pay more for that number one for whatever reason. Mine's so that was his one. other big hit. And then he hit the Justin Fields Red Wave, which is out of 149. At the time, and we talked about this on the show, I don't the Fields was doing 900-ish. The Waddle was doing 250 to 300. Now, you sold the Waddle for 180, correct? Uh, yes, I sold the Waddle yesterday for 180, which is above comps. By it's like a buck fifty right now. You actually did really well. Oh, it's on a that. buck fifty today. Yeah. Yesterday the comps were 180. So yeah, I'm not sure you look at the right comps because no. you also thought the fields would. When you told me today the fields was 700 and 300, and it's all 220s. The fields is down under 250, which is insane. 
the fields we're going to look at, though, like I told Jesse, I'll look at it. If we think it can gem, we'll send it right to SGC. Uh, the borough, though, I do still think is worth four to five hundred ish. I think that one's it, held. That one has not changed, yeah. But the, I, I mean, it always comes down. New product always comes down. The Justin Fields, though, but man. I'm very surprised it has come down this hard on raw stuff. Like a lot of times, you would see these gains and dips on graded. Hey, the first nineteen PSA tens sold for you know eight hundred dollars, but then after that, they started coming back from PSA quick, and now they're down to two hundred. I, I get that because it's like a grading. There's a time issue involved. What's wild about Prism is that we're just talking about all raw comps. The fact that they have some of these have dropped really hard, and then even the overall values. I guess I'm just a little surprised with, like Mac Jones, for example. Silver Auto is what, according to Indy's in, uh, Facebook message. Oh, um, I don't have it pulled up. Hold on for me one second. What have you been doing? Just like, you're looking around a lot. Do you need to take a minute? I, <laughs> I didn't know you wanted that information right there. I just asked you. The it's Mac okay, Jones, which one? Oh, um, $1,200, the auto. That is unbelievable to me that you could pull the number one selling guy in the product, a silver auto, and it doesn't cover your box cost. What's Trevor Lawrence doing? Oh, uh, Trevor might T-Law be more. is doing better. 15? 1900 He okay, will that, cover your box. That, that's coming down, though. If, if Mac is at 12 what is? do they have Trey, Fields, and, and Zach? Or who else yeah, do they have? Zach is doing five fifty. Uh, let's see, Trey. Or, I'm sorry, this is Fields. Fields is doing six hundred. Okay, and then last but not least, uh, this is Trey, Trey Lance, Lance is doing one thousand twenty five. Wow. Yeah, see, that's just a rare sale. I mean, I think it'll come down some, but I wonder what Jamar Chase is doing. That's not in there, right? No, Jamar Chase isn't in there. Could you look that up? Because I am very yeah. curious. Um. Did you say no? I said, yeah. Uh, <laughs> by the way, that Justin Fields, I, I do think it is doing a little leveling out. So to be clear, that did have a sale at over $1,000. It was like $1,050. You're talking about your, of, red, your red wave? Yeah, the red wave. So uh -huh. it's so funny because as of, what was it, three days ago? What what was the 12th? The 12th was Sunday. On Sunday, that card for sold for $1,050. Um, then it sold for $925 the same day. Monday, it sold for $715. And then the next day, it sold for two hundred and twenty-five. However, it has gone up to two sixty-five. I wonder if people started realizing already at that point, like, hey, maybe some of this stuff is going a little under, and now we see like a little turn up. We'll we'll see on that. I actually think that's reasonable. I do think like it drops, it comes out way too high, but then it drops too hard. It's like okay, we're overreacting. It should be X amount of dollars. I think that's fair, but it is interesting to me that prisms come down that hard. Yet the box price is what? I mean, aren't the boxes still like fifteen, sixteen yeah. hundred on retailers? That's the thing. When you said that yesterday, you you were saying how Prism has taken such a hit. I started looking around. Box prices haven't changed at all. I mean, everything is still the same. So I guess the the big question in my mind is, does the football season, like the ramp up to football season start, like the start of the season, is that enough to counteract the slowing, falling economic hit right now. You know, like the whole mm. market's coming down, but football's yeah. going to really ramp up. Is it an is it an equalizing effect? Does the start of the season outweigh the bad effect? And so it's an, and it's an overall positive for football. I don't know. Um, I'll be honest with you. I'm kind of the approach now, though. I have really slowed down in my... And, and a lot of that is just time, right? We're busy with the app. We're busy with all these other things. But I have slowed down in my buying as well. 
I've really just been sticking to buying like things I don't mind if I get stuck with. Here's what's funny though, is you're doing what's natural. Like you're doing the the thing that everyone feels when the market starts going down sure. is you slowly kind of pull out and you pull back until the market heats up again. However, there's a lot of people, you know, economists, businessmen who would say, this is actually, if you want to use smart money, this is the time where you do go ahead go and ahead start and- buying up. And then, cause I mean, if you believe in the hobby, you think this is just a minor blip because the rest of the, you got macroeconomics affecting the smaller hobby market. Right. Then, yeah. This could be a turn. There could be a turning point where you make some good investments right now. I'm not saying, I'm not saying go out and do that. And I think on the last episode, I made a really strong case of diversification, but still that doesn't mean there's not good buys to be had. Yeah. I'll be honest. It's really, that's kind of what forced me into this whole big chase of Marvel. Like that I started two weeks ago. Cause I was like, you know, that market's way down anyways. I'm going to probably keep all that stuff because I, I just like the SGC brand. I want to keep the, I want to complete the set. It's going to take time to do it. So I was kind of like, who, I don't mind buying it. I think I'm getting yeah. a decent price. Even if it fell another 20% before it rebounded, it doesn't really make any difference to me because I'm going to have it. So um, I just, yeah, Chris, it looks like Chris is actually here. So uh, that's cool. Oh, Let's plug Chris. Hang in, on, hang I, on. Before, before that, I just want everyone to know I have 900 points in Panini reward points. 50 bucks. Uh, they, it? it is 50 bucks. Whoever wants to hit me up. I'm just saying, all right, bring Chris on. Chris McGill. Owner, founder, CEO, man of the people from Card Ladder. Man of the people. I have an agenda of items that I'd like to talk to about as well. Oh, Here's thank goodness, I'm gonna be we honest with nothing. You. And I'm going to be honest <laughs> with you, Chris. Today, we don't have a ton of time. I have mentally, I am already on vacation. I'm leaving in the morning. We had to do this stupid time to record. Give us your agenda. I don't even, the only thing I want to say to prep this, if you're not using Card Ladder, you should be. The sales history is the most comprehensive place to find real comps of anything that has ever sold. You could sell for $10 in a hut in Minnesota. Somehow these people track the sale. And if you want to sign up to track your collection, go to sportscardsnonsense.com. There is a link for Card Ladder, saves you 15%. Talk to me about clothing. Chris, whatever, honestly, go wherever you want to go with this first, and then we'll throw something at you later. Good. All right. Probably just three bullet points here. Bullet point number one, it was nice to see you guys at Bleaker Trading in New York. Didn't spend that a lot of time speaking to us. He didn't speak to me at all. <laughs> Hardly Mike, at all. Uh, I'll be Mike actually fondled me as he walked out the door. That's, it left an impression. Some people call it a fondle. Other people, you know what? It could have been don't a hug. To, but well, it was not a hug. I can, I can oh, tell okay, you that. Oh, okay. So we're admitting it wasn't a hug. That's, all right. that's fine. That's not <laughs> that's important. That. Did you, you know, you guys were the headliners. It was a great turnout. Have Glad you ever you seen somebody did. more awkward in a crowd than me, by the way? Uh, oh, it's tough. Remember the hobby that we're in, Mike. That's uh, fair. I'd have to say yes. Okay. Uh, okay. Number two. Yep. Uh, let me shill for 10 seconds for FIBA Eurobasket 2022. It starts on September 1st, goes until September 18th. Giannis, Jokic, and Luka are all playing for their home countries. Oh, brother. It'll be oh, great. This is It'll basketball. What is I didn't this? even know what sport you were yeah, saying. What, I don't even know what the FIBA thing is. Basketball. European basketball. Okay. Yeah, go That'd be European. It's got, it's got Giannis and Jokic and Luka. All right. And then finally, let's talk about the health of our hobby because thank you. it's been a bloody, bloody week for many financial markets. So That's true. A couple numbers for you guys. Yep. Bitcoin is down 45% over the last year. Moment that's, of silence. That's what I said. I said 40 the S&P something. The S&P 500 is down 10% over the last year. 
The Coin Gecko NFT index is down 30% over the last year. Oh, that's the one. I heard you talking about this. Could you please give a quick explanation of what that is? The Coin Gecko NFT index? Yeah. Well, you know, NFTs are not priced by comps, but by floor prices, right? Yep. So this is an index that has been selected by the Coin Gecko people that I mean, if you look at it, it just looks like a giant middle finger. Uh, the index was worth about $600, a huge spike through about $600 last summer. It got up to 5,000. Now it's down to 400. Uh, Mm -hmm. and then the CL 50 index, the humble sports card, introverts, hobby nerds, the CL 50 index. We are only down 3% over the last year. That's not bad. Adds My Ethereum investment is only down 52.2% this year. So well, that's okay. I am actually very <laughs> surprised, Chris. So I have to, I would have to think, though, if we got into that number of three, some mm-hmm. have obviously lost quite a bit more than that. W- Yo, what has oh, been like yes. the hardest hit? Like I know some areas have probably been clobbered. What is the hardest hit areas oh, over the man, past year? I mean, it's a good thing we don't have Josh on right now. Always. Uh, be- <laughs> because <laughs> LeBron has taken lumps it doesn't matter what the card is you know remember the tops chrome psa 10 base lebron that got as high as 40 to 50 grand that's like a six to seven grand card now you know we've seen brutal beatings like that but that card and others they they started coming down a long time ago uh and and so it kind of smoothed things out luca his market has taken an absolute beating. Mahomes' market has taken a beating. These guys are down 20, 25, 30% over the last year. Kobe is the one who, co- I mean, that's because I have a lot of Kobe's. Yep. I'll tell you, it's amazing to me. And the other one is Jordan, which mm-hmm. I think is the most fascinating thing. Because one thing you will always hear, and it's almost always just from guys who have money, is, I mean, you don't want I don't mess around with prospects or rookies. I just buy Jordans. I never lose money. If you have bought Jordans in the last 18, even big. So did you see the one that sold at Christie's? Um, Yeah, Yeah, uh, I did. Yep. So that was, that was again, and I know, uh, oh man, what that's Lou Papa's card, I believe. Yeah, Lou Papa, Sports Card Exchange. Yeah, he's a little bit loud, which is probably the reason I like him. Plus he's in Nashville. I like Lou. Me and Jesse talked about this though. It was like, this is a $3 million card. Mm. And I thought this seems... It sold for like just over 800 and then then there was the buyer juice. Yeah. But a like, lot of juice. 26% juice. That's what a is lot. Yeah, that's by what I the way, I told Jesse as soon as I saw that, I was like, dude, we are launching premier auctions <laughs> on a monthly basis on Card Shop Live with 3% buyer premium. 26%. But but that Jordan card, again, if you bought, I mean. I just yeah. don't, even Jordans are not safe. I'm sitting on a nine five that I'm underneath underwater on, not terribly. Mm-hmm. And I won't sell it, but that's kind of a, a miss, a, like a, a, a fallacy to me. Yeah, it is. And so here's a little reason for optimism. Uh, so I was looking at numbers uh, in the financial crisis time, which, you know, roughly speaking, 2008 to 2010. And there were two years where the S and P 500 got clobbered. And I'm going from June 1st to May 30th to track my year. Mm-hmm. So from June 1st of 2007 to May 30th of 2008, the S&P 500 was down 13%. And the year after, it was down 20%. So that's just back-to-back brutality, fatalities. But the card letter 50 during those two years went up 7.2%, and it went up 9%. Mm-hmm. Now, in the mm-hmm. years following... 
the and, and when when there was a correction, the S and P five hundred posted double digit gains for four straight years, and the card letter fifty slowed way down. The two years after the financial recession was over or the financial crisis was over, the card letter fifty barely moved. It went up one percent and zero percent. But during the recession, during the two years of the recession, the card letter fifty outperformed the S and P five hundred by twenty to twenty five percent net. And, this, and we saw the same thing over the last two years. Yeah. Uh, when in March of 2020, when the financial markets were crashing, that's when cards first started taking off and went on a bull run. And then vice versa, when the stock market recovered and had its bull run over the last year, that's when cards started really calming down. So there seems to be an inverse relationship. Just some reason for optimism here with cards. If past is any indication of the future, and it isn't always, we might be entering into a pretty good period for cards. I'll be honest. My initial reaction to that is first, I yeah, I think you could look at that as a reason for optimism. Here is my one fear, because the one thing to me that is a major X factor there, I guess not even an X factor, it's a new blip on the screen is crypto. Mm. Myself and a lot, I, I, I don't know how you feel about crypto, good or bad, but I know a lot of card guys are heavy in crypto. Like yep. that just became the thing to chase. And so I know that their spend has slowed because they've been getting hammered in the crypto market. Do you, so I'm curious, like, what is your takeaway then on the, like you said, history doesn't always repeat itself, but maybe it will. I mean, what's your forecast then over the next six months to a year or, or, or even just general takeaways, if you don't want to make a prediction, I'm, I'm not looking for a bold uh, prediction or anything. I, I think the hobby will be okay. I think uh, that, you know, there's a lot of, like, look, I don't want to rain on a comment section parades here, Please but, do. Uh, that, you know, actually, when you actually look at the data, the hobby does pretty well in times of economic contraction. So I look, I'm not saying that the hobby is going to have positive growth. Uh, we've, we've, you know, we've seen on the aggregate, a retraction over the last year, but do I think it's going to be a bloodbath like it's been in some of these other markets? No, I don't think so. I, I actually think the hobby held up quite well considering all the other competing ways that you could have invested your money over the last year, year and a half. So when Bitcoin was just making these bull runs, when ETH was making these bull runs, when stocks were making its bull run, a lot of money stayed in the hobby, but granted some left. But now that that trend is reversed, I think the hobby is okay. I think it's pretty stable going forward. I was looking just now, it does look like just uh, in general over the last, I would love for this, by the way, Chris, is there a way to like change the period of time on the index? Like, yes. how do I do that? So how do people do that? Here's how people do that. So what, what in are you on a desktop? Or I'm just on, yeah, I'm on a desktop. Okay. I'm on the index page. I want to see more than a month. Is it a Dell? Yes. It's yeah, a so Dell. Like, so, <laughs> so click on one of them, Jesse, which one do you want to look at? Oh, oh, okay. I can see that. I just wanted to yeah. know if I could see the CL 50, um, as a whole for more than a month. Yeah. So on the CL 50, click on view more. View more. Okay. And, and then, then I can break right, it down. There's, there's two graphs. There's volume at the bottom and there's price at the top. Under I the top see. Graph, just, you, can, you can customize it, you know, to make it whatever you want. You can choose one of the presets or you can customize it. So like I was looking at it from 2007 to 2012 today, just because a lot of people were asking me, how did cards do during the financial crisis? Yeah, I was curious because I saw Pokemon was down 13% over the last month, which is by far the largest hit yeah. of all of the areas. It's funny that... Uh, entertainment cards are only down th like three and a half percent or so. 
Um, But basketball, man, almost down 7% over the last month, which makes sense because we're coming to the end of basketball season. There's less and less guys uh, to invest in. But I kind of thought football would be doing slightly better because it's showing a a little over 4% down. Whereas like up until the last few days, which I guess this takes into account what starting as of yesterday, end of day yesterday. Mm-hmm, correct. So it would have taken into account any of the cards that would have fallen in football over the last like 24 or 48 cards. hours. Exactly. So I'm wondering if like, I wonder if like as of a few days ago, this, that football was actually positive. Yeah, um, we'll, I do, see. we'll see. I, yeah. It is interesting though. Mike was saying about the crypto markets and NFT stuff. The, the, NFT market is down across the board, but funny enough, over the last 30 days, the Panini NFTs, which, you know, I'm not saying like they're for everybody, but obviously there are some guys who listen that enjoy them. That market is actually up over the last 30 days, 48%. Hey, you want to know why? Because we're doing almost six <laughs> figures a month in sales doing exclusive NFT breaks on Card Shop Live. It is, but that's and the thing, I am not guys joking, by the way. About. However, like, oh God, sorry, Jess, finish no, your no, point. I was just going to say like the... Uh, the Ethereum blockchain is down 77%. Okay. Solana is down 54 But Panini's blockchain is up 40%. And in turn, it, it does, I think, uh, also have something to do with the fact that they're not tied to crypto. Like you're paying mm. cash and you're getting That's cash true. for the sale. So that definitely does help. But it is it is fun to know that the sports card world, even in the NFT market, the sports card world does not seem to be getting crushed like everybody else. Mm. I yeah, did want to say this. Set. I did want to say this too. This is by no means a state. You guys both gave solid numbers. Now just an emotional response to what I've seen lately. I am very happy to see that the things that are getting kicked in the teeth more than anything. And right off the bat, I think NFT, Marvel, where the hype was so disgustingly blatant, I couldn't stomach it. And and quite frankly, Pokemon by influencers. Those are three of the... And honestly, if you separated Marvel from entertainment, maybe the most affected market negatively over the past. I really think it speaks to the fact that influencers are starting to lose their voice, which I absolutely love. I think we've seen so Mm -hmm. many people. And quite frankly, just so we're not good, we've pumped certain things on this as well. The straight cash homie things where things would triple after we talk about it, you know. (laughs) There's a reason we stopped doing that kind of stuff because that's not the thing. That's not what we wanted to do here. But it would always irritate me, though. I was like, man, I could do this just as easily, more so than almost anybody else because of our audience size. I love the fact now that despite selling platforms, you know, marketplaces of some kind and just individual influencer voices, it's almost like the market has now said, cool, I got to be on the in crowd for an hour. Granted, all those people, I'm sure, dumped off at a profit. And like now it's a bloodbath. And it's like, I, I just hope the result is next time loudmouth number one says buy this, you are you have no basis to make that claim. I'm not going to listen. Like, I really do hope that is one of the takeaways from this this dip we've seen. It does Amen. seem like you guys have, have learned. I mean, like, or at least the, the you've got so many watchdogs out there that are trying to protect other people from making these mistakes that... You know, I I don't consider us a watchdog necessarily, but I do think we point out a lot of the crap that's out there. And look, Jesse, I love that point. Let me tell you why. Uh, When you talk about the survival of groups, all right, I'll make this very short. I am going to mention the name Charles Darwin. All right. Darwin observed that there was this crazy phenomenon happening where 
even selfish individuals in groups were not, were, it, you know, it, in natural selection, right? You, you have to be selfish to pass along your genes. So why is it that altruistic groups succeed over the long haul rather than groups filled with individuals who are trying to compete for survival of the fittest? Altruistic groups are full of watchdogs who look out for each other, who protect other members of the group, even when it's not in their own best interest. And so at the group level, Charles Darwin observed that group selection happens when you have groups full of watchdogs, when you have groups full of altruistic people who police the community. This happens in animal communities. This happens with monkeys. There's communities of monkeys who have watchdog monkeys who will call out when predators are near, and that will draw the predator to them. That will get them attacked. That will get the watchdog in the group attacked, but they call it out and it preserves the group. There is an evolutionary selection for watchdogs for altruistic beings in group settings. Our hobby continues to succeed because we have watchdogs, because we have people who will call out the predators, even if it brings pain upon themselves. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Go ahead and cut the interview. The rest of the show, that was it. That was beautifully. And the fact that you said altruistic so many times and people didn't immediately turn off the podcast, like that well, you don't means know something. That. You don't know I that. know they didn't. I know they didn't. Because <laughs> that... It was good. I really appreciate it. I, I, and like I think it's overall. a great point. Yep. All right. I do have now I have my two bullet. Well, actually just have one because we talked about markets. Sure. I have another question. I am very curious. I threw this out last minute to the card ladder team like I always do. Um, by the way, Christina made it known that you were out training, playing basketball. I don't know if you know what, just to make this as formal as possible, Jesse has not heard this yet. The card ladder team will be playing myself, Tim from Slab Strong, and Clubber Corey from Show Your Slabs. There is a three-on-three game that will be happening in Atlantic City. Oh boy! I don't have anything on the line, but I will be on the I will be on the opposing side from Card Ladder. I'm very excited. I'm happy to hear Chris <laughs> was training. I would say keep shooting, keep training. Can I? However, play? Can no, I Jesse, no, no. You, you bring too much size. It's too much. Right. Dang it! Yeah, I really was going to bring a lot, know, of, a, lot, and a lot, lot of cardio. Citizen. He brings a lot of cardio. <laughs> After three weeks of training, I'm able to touch my toes again. So <gasps> flexibility is coming back. Freaking brag Watch about out. it. Watch I like out. hearing that. Uh, all right. So aside from the fact that there is this budding rivalry coming to a head in Atlantic City. Yes. There is a notion that I have repeatedly been shooting down for months now, I feel like. And Good. now I've started to think, you know what? There is actually some smoke and some fire here. PSA. Not, so first of all, it, uh, my phone is going nuts. And I'm going to throw it across the room in about two no, in the trash. Mike, we're good. And when the nicely. trash can, nobody got hurt. Has an auto okay. box on it. <laughs> the notion was always: when is this mentality of PSA ten or bust going to go away? Um, and, I, and I'm going to use the PSA. I'm going to st stay with the scale of PSA. You know, card ladders in the collector's family. So let's just talk PSA. That was my notion forever. And then it was kind of like, well, yeah, but there's still at least with a nine, I'm not getting killed. I'm still mm. a bump above raw. And then we started getting like week in and week out. What's the deal with nine selling for less than raw? And again, I've always just shot this down without any actual data until I started getting screenshots, and then I was still justifying it. Yeah, but that's the rare exception. Can you speak to this point? The value of a PSA 9, again, ultra-modern, 2018 and above for the most part, compared to a raw. Yeah, it's it's weird, man. Uh, well, let's let, I'll talk some numbers first, and then we'll see if we can figure out why it's happening after. So look, I'm going to give you three numbers for three cards. Okay. PSA 10, PSA 9, and raw. These are the current prices. 
Justin Herbert, Prism Silver, $2,900, PSA 10. It drops all the way down to $430 as a PSA 9. Wow. What's that? Seven and a half times multiplier from nine to 10. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. And then the raw price is 375. So very close to the nine, but not quite over it. Okay. All right. Tua. Tua turned the ball over. PSA 10. Tua win, Tua win no matter what. That's fine. Great pro record. Better than <laughs> Herbert winning Tyreek percentage. Tyreek Hill said that he's more accurate than Patrick Mahomes? All right. That's a pro saying that, buddy. I'm just oh. telling you right now, the Dolphins <laughs> let, are winning 10 plus games. Let the shilling begin. All right. Oh, I'm pumping. <laughs> Influencer pump, baby. <laughs> All right. Tua, Prism Silver, PSA 10 is $900. Okay. P- PSA 9, 150 Raw, 100 150 that's a six times multiplier okay yes. but a hundred that's but a still, big drop still off the still the and the okay. same thing for burrow all right psa 10 three grand psa 9 comes all the way down to 450 dollars, and then the raws are going for 300 oh even less than herbert huh yes even less hmm. than herbert with the raws so here's the thing all right i want to talk football because we could bring the two topics together you guys were like hey what's going on with football going into the season and then what's up with this raw and this psa 9 stuff and look, man, even though none of those examples that I pulled actually have raw selling for more than PSA nine, it's uncomfortably close. Yeah. Yeah. Uncomfortably close. So there's well, the numbers. And, and you do admit, like recognize too, that there are some instances where they are selling PSA Correct. nine is selling for less than the raw. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And that's awkward. Not to mention, here's the other thing. If you tell me a card's one fifty for a nine and a hundred raw, I'm buying the the nine all day just because I can't buy. First of all, I'm not guaranteed a nine. And what's it going to cost me to grade it? And then the time it takes to get it. Like I, I do. I've told Jesse this from the start too. When I grew up in a world where a, a nine to a nine, five with BGS and a nine to a 10 with PSA SGC was only vintage, you know, when my back in kind of my heyday, it was a three X multiplier. Occasionally things would get weird and it was four X. It's a hundred bucks as a nine. It's 300 as a nine, five, nine to a 10, same thing, hundred to 300. We get to this spot now though. So I hear those three numbers where again, let's just go six to eight times multiplier from a nine to a 10. So does that mean the 10 should come down because it is overpriced or that the nine should come up and close the gap? In my mind, it means a nine should be worth more than it is. Then it should close the gap, but maybe I'm wrong. Maybe the tens have just the mystique of the 10 is taken over. Yeah, look, I mean, I, I, let's let's assume that two of the three numbers are right. Let's assume that the raw price is right, and let's assume that the 10 price is right. That means the nine on that spectrum is way too close to the raw. You are not guaranteed a nine or a 10. There are tons of eights and lower floating around out there. Plus, like you said, there's the friction of having to send it in, get it graded, wait for it to come back. The market can change over the course of that time. Plus, yeah. you have to pay the fees to get it graded. A nine is a good grade. A nine is a very good grade. I think the nines are really cheap. So are we saying that it's a good investment then? Well, I'm not going that far yet because I don't know. I would like to assume that what Chris just said is right, that base and 10 are correct and nine is the the one that's off. But I don't know that. So I'm not super. But but here's the other thing, just to go get away from PSA for a minute. If you go SGC and BGS nine, you're underwater. (laughs) Like it's over. The only saving grace there too, and of course I'm going to, I'm going to pump SGC for just a minute. I can make money on my nine five still. When I get back my Beckett nine, I'm sunk. When I get back an SGC nine, the same thing, by the way, on Ultra Modern. Yep. I, I, raw outsells it. 
So I am curious then too, is that because there's still just this myth that I'm going to buy a raw card and it's going to 10? Is that why the totally. raw sells so strong in your mind? Totally. And look, to okay. that point, all right, here's, look, here's the top five prism silver raw prices for this year's rookie class. All right. Number one is Mac Jones, of course, $600 raw for prism silvers. Two is Trevor Lawrence, 400. Three Ooh. is Trey Lance, $300. Justin Fields, $250, and then last is Zach Wilson at $200, all right? All those guys are at least twice as much as Tua, and two of them, Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields, are more than Herbert and Burrow for raw silvers. But I think part of the reason why, Mike, is what you were saying, that people believe, especially in the early goings, that if they snatch these raws from eBay, they're not getting stuff that's already been graded and didn't grade well. They're getting the best available copies so they can send them in and they have a chance at a 10. And if they do get a 10, they're expecting 8X multipliers over the price of the raw. Yeah, it's a it's an interesting thing too, because honestly, of those quarterbacks you mentioned, because one thing I've noticed, because I've been buying both guys, although I, I did just recently stop, Tua and Jalen Hurts, I feel like the market, I think, again, I don't think either one of these guys are top 10 quarterbacks, but I do think both are going to be playoff teams next year. Yeah. And I think both added a valuable weapon. I, I mean, quite frankly, I think they both added a top 10 receiver in A.J. Brown and Tyreek Hill. It is amazing to me. You hate on Tua all you want. Hate on Hurts all you want. If I gave you the option, who is going to win more games this year and have better stats? Trey Lance may not see the field. Justin Fields, based on what I saw, I don't think is having anywhere near the season either one of those two had. Zach Wilson, I mean, maybe in terms of stats, because they had a great draft with receivers, but they're not winning games in New York, I don't think, although I, I do kind of like him. I can get Tua and, and those guys much cheaper. And then even Trevor Lawrence, I think Lawrence in three years has potential to be a top 10. I don't think oh, yeah. Trevor Lawrence is having Look, a great year right now. We love Joe Burrow. All right. Sure. We all love Joey Cigars, but let's not make a mistake about it here. He had great wide receivers who were instrumental in that Cinderella Super Bowl run. If And then you just called it out, Mike. Tua and Hertz are going to be thrown to some elite wide receivers who can take those teams far if those offenses put up the type of production. And even Burrow was getting sacked 10 times a game, and he was still converting for touchdowns because he just had so many weapons. So I like that thesis, Mike. Yeah, not to mention the fact, like with, Bar I mean, and again, I, I'm not trying to knock Barrow. I think he's great. And Jamar Chase, if you want to tell me he's the best receiver in football, okay. Tyreek Hill has been the best down downfield threat I've seen since, I don't know, Randy Moss maybe. And oh, yeah. oh, by the way, Jalen Waddle just set the record for receptions in a season with a quarterback who missed half the year. <laughs> A.J. Brown, I've seen play in Tennessee. I told Jesse the other day, I'm actually going to, and I will not buy Prism within a month of release. I just refuse to. Singles. But I oh. am. I'm going to buy Waddle stuff because I think he is, not only is he cheap compared to quarterbacks, he's dirt cheap compared to Jamar Chase. And I think he has just as much upside on a team that, if you said right now who's winning more games, I think it's actually a toss-up. The Dolphins had a good year last year with an injured quarterback. So they did. I think it's at least a discussion. I've got another Waddle rookie, just base, if you're interested, Mike. Nice. It's $500. I would love to see it. <laughs> um, do you have time for a couple? Can we hit a couple mailbag questions for you, Chris? I've got time if you do. Okay. Um, My 530 just canceled, Jesse. We can go for another hour. I'm just no, kidding. Well, Mike, Mike, we, Mike, we would never do that. By Mike, we would never do that for you. Okay. Um, do you Max, have the card ladder? You've got these specifics for him? Yep. Max okay. Nolan had a question for you, Chris. <laughs> 
Um, he actually refers to you as Christopher, so that's weird enough. Strike but, man, Max. Uh, um, I think he's British, so it makes sense. Oh, I love God. Card Ladder. I think it's by far the best option. Yada, yada, yada. You're so great. Um, no, please read all that, actually. Uh, I'm interested to know if there are any indicators to look out for that can give some direction as to where the market in general is headed, or even indicators any for anything that Card Ladder can provide to give a dealer an edge. Anything yes. you want to point out to the listeners? Yes. yes, yes, yes. Okay. Here's how I would operate. I would look at the headlines. First thing, every day we publish eight cards that set an all-time high. Every day. And that right there is interesting data because it shows you, look, somebody, some actually two people in, in the case of an auction, reached into their wallets and said, I'm going to pay more money for this card than anybody ever has in history. And that's an interesting data point. Where is the energy? Where are people willing to pay more than comps? So I would look at the eight all-time highs that get posted every day and decipher trends. And like, if you've been looking at those over the last month or two, you would notice that like 1970s low pop PSA 10 baseball, like a 79 tops Lou Brock PSA 10, this stuff is going for five, six, seven times the previous sales from a year or two ago. You just, these trends emerge but you have to follow the headlines. That's the first thing I do is look at the headlines. Second hey, thing I where is do, that at, Chris, by the way? I'm on the card letter app on my yeah. phone right now. How do I find that section? Go to feed, and then every day you'll see a post called ladder headlines. You can filter to only headlines if you want to as well. Oh, Just have to filter to headlines. Got it. By the way, guys, as you're listening to this and you're like, oh, I'm downloading it right now, go to the website, the sportscardsnonsense.com website, go to card services. There's a link for card ladder where you can save 15%. All I right, Chris. Sa- I already said this. Yeah, well, now now that they're getting valuable it's like information. You, it's like you don't listen to me. Now that they're getting valuable information. Jesse, why don't going you hear go, me when I speak? Ooh, because you... Ooh. Chris, anything else? Uh, yeah, the, the next thing I would do, I would use, use, use the indexes. The indexes are just weather vanes. They're compasses. They're just giving you direction. They're not telling you everything. They can't tell the whole story. But but what they do is they sort of tell you, look, like, for example, you know, racing cards are one of the few indexes that are in the green right now, right, that, that are positive over last month. And like, we know, F1, people are going nuts for it. You know, just it, use the indexes. Look at the card letter 50. Look at the, use these as like, a gauge of sentiments. And then finally, player indexes. Go look at how individual players are performing. That's a really, really neat way to, to because look, you can have, like, we can look at basketball and we can say basketball is down 7% over the last month, but Jason Tatum is up 20%, or for example, over last month, or Jalen Brown is up X percent. Steph Curry is down, even though his team's playing great right now. Curry's market got way too hot during the season. So look at those player indexes and lining it up with your common sense, sports knowledge and intuition. That's a great way to not just get a sense of what's going on right now, but anticipate what's going to go on next year. Just like what Mike was saying. Mike was saying, look, here's here's my hypothesis for which teams, which players are going to have a good chance of playing well next year. If you mix that in with what's currently going on right now, you know, you can, you can get quite the edge, I think. Nice. Okay. I like, no, perfect. That's exactly what they needed. Um, Steve Scholar uh, has heard you have a great Michael Jordan uh, collection. He wants to know what are a few of the highlights in your collection as far as rarity and value are concerned. He doesn't want to hear about 
Christina's Maxi Kleber collection. Oh, the, we, a, we could talk about that. No, that's uh, a player elf. <laughs> My, the Michael Jordan collection, top three cards, PMG red from 97, 98, uh, mold metal fusion titanium out of 40 from 98, 99 and rubies star rubies from 98, 99, the, the gold rubies. I know PMGs are like the most iconic and everybody loves them. I'll be honest. I've always thought they were a little overrated. Like that Ruby card to me is actually kind of a cooler card. It's never going to sell for the same. I get it. But who makes PMG in the 97, 98 era, which was the first year PMGs skybox in in the skybox was a manufacturer. The brand was metal universe. The designer was arena design. I I was curious about the PMG thing because it doesn't now I've seen all these like hockey PMG cards that Mm. are going off for crazy money too. Like it just seems like anything PMG is a sound investment, um, mm. but I know that can't be the case. Have you seen anything about that? Well, first of all, the Michael Jordan PMG corrected big time because some funds started buying them in early 2021, <laughs> yep. and the prices got way too high, and now they've come down 20 30%, 40% from where the peak was, depending upon the grade. Like a BGS-8 sold for half a million dollars. It ain't selling for that if it went today. It'd probably sell for 20, 30, 40% off of that price. Wow. So, like anytime we get into that world where we feel like it's uh, an unassailable investment, it's mm-hmm. that's probably it's probably not. Probably right? is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, <laughs> hey, hey, I, got, I got the next yeah. question that ties in really nice with this, actually, because sure. we don't have time. We got to cut in a few minutes here, anyways. Yep. So, Brian, he tagged me and Jesse to ask us, but I, I want your opinion as well. Are Hall of Fame rookies? Reset rookie autos recession proof. If not, what is what's the safest place to invest? Because this is a market I love. Like the authentic Hall of Fame rookie go back with the in-person signature. I yep. mean, obviously the answer is no, nothing's recession proof. Yep. But you know, what do you what do you look at as okay, but these are safe bets? I like that because I think it's not a fad. That 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 I, I think it's ahead of the curve. Uh I you know there is definitely weird like years away, I think, from an appreciation for the in-person autograph aftermarket on iconic rookie cards. Like there's still not an an appropriate understanding for the fact that vintage guys, guys who came in the sixties and the seventies, whether it's basketball, football, baseball, they have like one rookie card that depicts them as a solo athlete. Just one Moses Blown has one rookie card that depicts him as a solo athlete. It's a pop 40 and a PSA 10. That's it. One Kareem Abdul-Jabbar is a pop two for his tall boy rookie PSA 10, by the way, one of those just sold was picked up by uh, James Park. He posted it to his Instagram account, pop two Kareem PSA 10 rookie. So like when you think about it, these vintage guys have one rookie card, that's it. I think that the in-person autograph element of it is a really neat way to create a little bit of diversity, a little bit and, and like a second rookie card of sorts. But I, I think we're a ways away from people embracing that in any widespread fashion. It's just, you have to be a couple steps, a couple layers into the hobby for it to make sense. So I've got a couple things to add on this side. So one, I would tell you like with Brian, I think it's a great buy. Never buy post-death. The spike on hall of famers when they die is unbelievable. If you buy then, I don't know when you're ever getting even again after that month of just a crazy rush. The other thing I've started doing, having fun with, like I have Griffey's and Bo Jackson's, Greg Maddox, Barry Sanders, like all the 80s, 90s guys, you can get really cheap. When I started going back on the old guys, though, my big thing was, so rookie card, 
in person, and then inscription was the third key for me. Mm. Two of the best buys, though, to me, that I, I honestly do think are as recession-proof as anything. The Kareem is one you just talked about. Now, the card is graded a one and a half. The auto is graded a nine. It has four layers of stats inscribed underneath. <laughs> the guy wrote a paragraph on the card. I bought yeah. that card for 2000 bucks less than a year <sighs> ago. That's the second, at worst, at absolute worst, the third greatest basketball player of all time. He's living, which means it will be the post-death spike. Stuff like that to me is insane. And then, I don't know, a month ago, maybe, a Jim Brown, 1957 rookie, same, just one line, Hall of Fame 71 inscribed underneath. 4000 Now, it's only an auto grade of 10. The card is probably a two. $4,000. Mm. I think, so to me, like the markers are, I stay away from baseball more than anything, just because I think football and basketball will eventually catch up some. And I think inscriptions are an awesome addition if you can go just add like that extra layer, but. Love the inscription. I, but yeah, I mean, the, the, the inscription makes it like a one of one or a pop one, yeah. which, which I think is, is a great way, you know, cause, cause you, you, you didn't, we didn't have one of ones in the sixties and the seventies in the eighties, you know, we didn't have those. So, so that's a great way to get that one of one factor gone. That's actually my last question for you from the from the list. I did like Will. I did like Will Jordan's question here. So tired of the card ladder guys. <laughs> Will Jordan is not Thanks, a fan Will. of you. Will Jordan oh, is not Jordan. a fan. Yeah, Will Jordan is we, not a we fan. We turned him around on this episode though. I'm not a he fan said, of Will Jordan. I'll tell you. He right said now. they're all about stats, so we didn't talk anything like that. So we're good. Yeah, I thought no, that no, was good. no numbers on this episode. <laughs> yeah, no, we would never talk about numbers. So yeah. Anyways, uh, Chris, I mean, I think that's it. We got to jump off. Anyways. Um, I do have one other. This has come up two weeks in a row now, and I'll end on this one. And you can just give me a flat out no. 94, 95 Flair Ultra X-Men cards. Do you know mm. anything about that market as to why it gets no hobby love? I do not. Okay. We had no answer either for Adam last week. He asked again this week. Um, no, I did. that was because... Ba- I, oh, oh, I, I was I, answering it, and then you cut me off because the dogs went crazy. Um, I so I never that. did answer it. My, I mean, this isn't like a 100% guarantee this is right, but I, it's got to be... These are not like autos or they're, they're not real people. This There can only really be one designated rookie area. And then everybody else is going to, you know, every other card is just like, who cares? If you like the art, then it's a personal collection thing, but it's not really an investable thing. So I can't imagine guys are going once we've designated like, you know, 1990 Marvel is kind of like the rookie year for Marvel. Everything else is just, hey, it looks cool. And maybe I put it in my collection, but I don't really want to invest in it. That's the only thing I can think of. I believe the LeBron triple logo man is closing in on 2 million on bids. My yeah. official guess is 3.6. Jesse, I believe, was 4.2. Is that right, Jess? Uh, whatever, 5 million minus the juice, I think. Yeah, was. yeah I think it was 4.2. Uh, without the juice, could we get your official card ladder prediction? 600,000? <laughs> it's, it's already, already at 3.5. No, it's not. Is it really? I thought you just said three five. No, I what said did you one. One point eight. LeBron had his oh. third year, his third I'm... year ultimate logo man autograph, BGS nine auto nine, sold for about six hundred thousand dollars half a year ago. I think that's the comp. I think if you ask me, really? do I want the triple or do I want this third year logo man auto? I'm taking the third year. But look, in the spirit of this game. Uh, my colleague, broadly speaking, under the collector's holdings umbrella is Ken Golden, and he says it'll be the most expensive sports card ever sold. So go, Ken. That, w- that would mean over $6 million. I mean, the guy was in Times Square with the card. So you're saying you have to say that because you're obligated. By the way, 1.7 okay. right Save now. my job. 
So that puts it at, <laughs> what's that, 33.4, 340,000. So it's over 2 million with the juice right now. Oof. That's wow. insane. There. How that many more days? Uh, 10 days, three hours, 20. Oh, 10 more days. Six minutes. I'm getting this. I'm winning. There you go. <laughs> All right, Chris, appreciate the time. As always, we card ladder guys, guys. are good to us. Make sure you check them out. Uh, get the subscription. Or even if you don't want that, you should definitely be using them for comps and all the other services they provide. So, Chris, we appreciate the time, sir. Tell the team we said hey. I do I not say hello to Josh again. I'm back on. I'm <laughs> at odds with Josh again, but I tell Christina hello. Okay, only Christina will get hello. Yes, oh, thank you. And, and the closet guy. Closet oh, guy can say hello, guy hello too. Nick, you. your brother, what a yes. mensch that guy is. He at the... Up in New York, he's he a Hebrew descent. A don't don't you worry about what he is. But he did a fantastic job editing and filming us. Uh, spur of the moment, we never even knew that was going to happen. But well, he just, I can't figure out why. But he seems to like you guys, so I'm oh, glad to hear that. He won't well, after I decimate him on the court. But that's he's fine. a sweetheart. <laughs> just kidding. Nick just levels me going in the paint. <laughs> I hope All right, he does. we're done here. Thank, Thank you, Chris. Guys. See you, man. So there you go. I like, I mean, again, I don't want to show all about numbers, but I do the, I mean, quite frankly, the, the health of the market has been the topic lately. I think it's great to hear from a guy like that. Does that plugged in? We Absolutely. have gone over time. Mike needs to go. I need to go. Jesse probably has something to do. I don't really know. Um, so we will I. be back next week, Monday and Thursday as back to normal. I may be missing one of those shows or the week after. I'm not sure which, but the schedule will not change. So there you go. Anything else on a parting note, Jesse Rhodes Gibson? The, the fact Rhodes that you scholar. said that it won't change definitely indicates to me that it probably will. Oh, yeah. I'll, I'll but, get in a car accident going to Boston. <laughs> you, you've and, already changed it. By, the fact that we're doing it right now, Wednesday, when on the last episode you said it was going to be Thursday morning. Uh, so I, mean, I look I can forward only deal, to whatever the future deal, holds. I can only deal with so much pushback from you. And I try Push to Pushback from me? I'm a oh giving my. person. You are out of your... Dude, here's the thing I don't mind that you say crazy things that don't make sense and are wrong. So long as you realize in the back of your head, like, I'm joking. I know I'm wrong. Do you ever think that? I think Dell's still higher in the God, get out. <laughs> Mike, cut the feed. Uh, all right, That's guys. your show. <laughs> that's thank your, you spotify <laughs> thanks spotify we just lost a friend that is sports cards nonsense brought to you by the ringer podcast network powered by spotify we will see you next week thank you for listening goodbye bye <laughs>